Welcome to the How We Create podcast. I'm your host, Carissa Moreno. I've realized that growing up in an artistic family gave me the ability to approach new challenges in life without overthinking and without worrying about the outcomes. I want to share this skill with you and help inspire you to tackle that project you've been putting off. I will be here weekly telling you about my experiences as a creative and also having conversations with fine artists, musicians, performers, dancers, and you will learn how they create, how they experiment, and how they turn failures into opportunities for growth. I know that you are going to enjoy getting a peek inside their minds and creative lives. If you enjoy this podcast, please subscribe and leave a review. It really helps. Thanks. My guest today is David M. Marini. David moved back to New England after living for several years in San Francisco. And even before that, he spent two years in Hokkaido, Japan, teaching junior high school English. David has publications in Writing Without Walls, Monday Night, and Carve Magazine. He graduated from the MFA program in writing at California College of the Arts and can be found on Twitter with at Sarunikai. Welcome, David. I'm so excited to have you here. It's been it's been way too long since we've talked or I've seen you. It has. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. Looking forward to this conversation. This is the first season, um, and I've been talking to people about beginnings, really. And I wondered if you had a memory or a time of um, when you first created something. Yeah, absolutely. Um, It's something immediately that came to mind was how as a young child before my siblings came into my life, I played a lot by myself. You know, living in New England, there's a lot of indoor time to play. One of my favorite activities was like building with wooden blocks and just building like, I was, I think I was really interested in like building cities and like seeing these shapes as as architecture or structure or buildings and stuff like that. It was a very natural progression to like tell stories either like gleamed off a of television. As a as a boy growing up in the 70s, I didn't have access to Barbie dolls, but my c- cousins did and I loved them. I loved them that you could have humanoid people, you know, dress them up in like the shoes were the the best part. I'll never forget my cousin had these like tiny silver slip like high-heeled shoes and they had those like flexi I remember feet, the heels. You know? Oh, they were so amazing. And I'm like, why don't my G.I. Joes have amazing footwear? I don't know, something, because this is awesome. And then we would we would tell these like elaborate soap opera, like dramatic stories of like love and quarrel and pregnancies and God knows what and lots of murder. And I wasn't allowed to play. I wasn't like allowed to play with them. Like it wasn't for me to play with. So there was this like taboo-ness to it too. Like we had a, like I had to play with them in secret. I never, I never quite got the shame that I was supposed to feel in regards to that. But I'm like, this is, this is all part of storytelling. Those were definitely my early days of of accessing and utilizing creativity. And to be honest, it's something I'm like, I'm like, I kind of want to get back into something like that. How could you do that as as an adult and where you are in your life? What yeah. what do you see? What does that look like to you? Yeah, I've, I've been wondering, I've been wondering about that a lot. Mostly like if I ever were to plan to write like an expansive narrative epic, I would want the opportunity to act out or play out the the, the drama of it. Like if I don't have a speci- specified idea. I have like Mulder and Scully figurines. I would use them. Maybe I'd like to write like a, like a mystery series, you know? And wouldn't it be fun to like utilize them is to like act out the storyline to do the dialogue. I mean, the dialogue can come freely if you're just sitting in front of a computer, sure. But 
when they're kind of moving and jostling around, I feel like it, there's there's something more of a, there, there could potentially be more of a spark. Right. Something about playing with them creates a sense of action. Yeah, absolutely. Movement. I mean, as you probably remember as well, like when you're playing with other kids and you make up stories, like you'd be improving with each other, right? And they would go into the weirdest directions. You'd start with like, let's play house. And then suddenly someone's being kidnapped, stolen away, or at least that's where <laughs> our stories always went. You know what I mean? And it was like, you know, high, high drama. <laughs> always. And that's fun, you know? That's some fun stuff there. Tell me, at what point did you really start to go into your your artistry and your writing was there was it a slow progression was there a moment when you realized this is this is what I want to do I love doing yeah I remember um I think I feel like it happened in a couple in a couple ways but I remember very specifically in fourth grade we were given like we were giving an we were given an assignment like some mimeograph sheet lines at the bottom maybe some words floating around in a in a in a drawing and we were told to use the words and above into a story below. To me, that was eye-opening. I felt like in that fourth grade assignment of like taking all these um, words and then associating them together and creating a story. And in that story, my friends, and we were doing something together or we found something together or there was like some sort of adventure happening. Like it was like almost casting a spell of sorts. And I, I feel like I carried that casting of a spell with me through even now where writing to me is generating a spell of sorts, taking something that isn't real or not in our reality, but making it a reality with words. The, that was really eye-opening. And to see like that you could do that. If you were unhappy, yeah, it's so funny. Like it's always when you're unhappy. When you're unhappy or you want you just want you want your world to change, right? You're you're not maybe you're just not content with how things are. And you're like, well, what do I want my world to be like? And you're like, well, I want to I want to be one of like the Narnia children. I want to be involved in that story. I want to be there. And so I remember I wrote like an eighth book. I never read all of them. <laughs> so I'm like, who am I to even write the eighth book? I didn't, I didn't read like five <laughs> through seven. I wrote this book. Doesn't where, you got the, you got the gist. I did. I did. I did it. Yes, I did. It, I, I did my own reboot. I just, I love that ability to take how you're, what you're feeling and, and like, and then shove it into, into a story because it does kind of lend it some, something more concrete. The C.S. Lewis estate is going to come after me. Like, we're going to find that manuscript. We're going to burn it right in front of you. <laughs> and someone else is going to be, where's the long lost eighth book? <laughs> I, yeah, exactly. Did you imagine? That's so, that's a riot. I, I love that idea though about, you know, creating mm. your own world, kind of taking power over your situation. Like you were saying, you can, if you're unhappy or if you want something to be different, then you, through your writing, have the power to to change that and to create what you what you want. Yeah. Right. That it can be empowering to, to make your own story. And yeah. Create your own worlds. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. It, it was a very positive experience, I think, doing that. I do have some, like, old stuff that I've looked back on. It is, it's, it is so charged and full of... I, I want to say anger, but less than that. I want to say disappointment, but less than that. I think just like, you know, growing up, it, it comes from a place of wanting to control. And so therefore, I can recognize the potential unhealthiness of it in some way. What is that line? And it's, God, did someone say that it came from Spider-Man? Like that with great power comes great responsibility, where everyone thinks it's like FDR, but it's like, actually, that was, yes. uh, that was Peter Parker. <laughs> like, oh, okay, that was Stan Lee, which is fine. You know, that's a great quote. <laughs> I still feel like I struggle that 
I struggle with that today. I'm sorry. Maybe we're going off too much on a tangent. We'll struggle with what part of it that that you are writing from a place of anger or that you're, I don't know, what part are you struggling with? If you, if you want to go into Yeah, no, I do. Cause I feel like these are things I definitely want to explore as a creative person. I find that the writing that I, that makes me cringe that I've done is the ones where I can clearly see myself trying to teach somebody else a lesson. I guess that kind of didacticness or something, or if I'm like very, 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 not even that many various, if I, if I feel like I am judging a character or, or presenting a character in a way that's unfair and uh, a piece I just recently wrote, I feel like goes there too strongly. And so I want to dial that back. I want to get, I want to get my point across. I feel like once you get your point across, that's, it's a very fine line. Yeah. So I feel like that's always been my struggle. This piece I I wrote recently, I I need to get it all down. And then as, as long as I can recognize where it goes too far or when I've hit the buttons and I don't need to hit those buttons anymore then I can take that step out. I can keep what I like, keep where I got. Cause you know, you, sometimes you, you, you know, you got to dig a lot to get some gold and that recognition comes with hindsight. So let's talk about newer stuff. Yeah. What inspires you now? I'd say new projects kind of like come as a surprise. Like they just kind of like pop in. And then I feel like if I were to trace them back, they're probably like little threads that have come, come and gone. You know, maybe something I casually saw on YouTube or saw a friend's name pop up. For example, uh, Gloria Frim has that has her book of essays out, um, How How Proust Ruined My Life. So it's like essays about Walt Whitman and Emily Dickinson. That got me thinking how I'm like, oh, I need to read more Emily Dickinson because I've never really done that. I've never really read her her work. And she's kind of a neighbor. I live in Massachusetts. She lived in Amherst. I live about two hours away from there. I called Gloria and we had a great long conversation catching up. She recommended a book uh, of her work to me. So I was like, I got that. I'm like, all right, well, I just, and she, and she, she pushed me towards something I was going to do anyway, which was kind of like pick up a poem at a time. Don't, you don't need, you don't need to read it from like poem one to 1775. Then I was kind of cleaning up the bookshelf and I came across John Berryman's dream songs. And I'm like, oh, those are also numbered. And I'm like, you know what? For fun, I'm just going to, I'll do a random number generator and I'll get pick one Dickinson and one Berryman um, work, you know, random numbers for each, read them both and just, just like jot down my thoughts, like on each one. And maybe if they speak to each other in some way, just kind of give a few words of thought in regards to that, just some way to keep my mind um, active intellectually. At one point I was like, oh, I'll do it every day. And I'm like, well, I didn't do it yesterday, but that's okay. You know, I'm not beholden to a, you know, a publisher or distributor or, or, you know, whatever, by whatever parameters I set up, I can, I can adjust accordingly. Um, but that's been fun, you know, as a way to like kind of re-enter those works in a, in a very accessible and, and easy way. I'm working on a novel, which is my first novel, real novel attempt. I mean, I've done other attempts that never came to fruition, but this one is like definitively gonna be done. There's no question in my mind. I wrote one draft. I'm on like draft three right now. For that, I the ideas come over constantly playing in the background of my mind, things that are coming up in the story or things that I need to be addressed in the story. How will things be addressed in the story? Like what is true to this character? And those always like just they're on the back burner. And then I find that often when I take a shower is when like I think I think they call them shower moments when like the idea is like, oh wait a minute. Yeah, no, she loves to go to KFC. Like, that's going to happen. Like, she loves going there. And then, you know, maybe she goes there and then something else happens. They're like, oh, I don't like the KFC part. 
But I like this part where she like creates a fake online profile as like a stand of whatever actress. And that's fun, you know, and I, I'll keep that. That's, I think, definitely part of writing, part of any art project is just keeping those things balanced. When you're in the shower and getting all of these ideas, are you jotting them down? Or are you just keeping them? <laughs> no. <by a> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or do you it's jump usually... out with shampoo in your hair? <laughs> <laughs> yeah no 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 if if the idea sticks i'll jot them down madonna said that once she's like i'll i'll only keep a song if it sticks with me for more than a day or something like that but i it, there's some validity to that i'll yeah i will write them down either like a quick note a quick line of dialogue i have a notebook now that i keep where i just jot down the note hopefully it sticks with me to when i get down to actually write that that portion and i find this is weird when i thought i had a fresh idea and I write that idea, I find an earlier draft of that idea that I completely forgot about. Almost as if, do you know what I'm saying? Like I came to the same, like I walked into the same room. I just forgot I was there. I'm finding that happening more and more now. It's a little scary. (laughs) I guess that means that it's sticking with you. It should validate that it's actually sticking with you. It does. It does. So that's usually, that's usually, and then, you know, some ideas like fall on the wayside and that's fine. One day I, I started a YouTube channel and I had this you know, very strong idea that I was going to write like weekly, like I was going to write a weekly radio show, um, which was going to be basically like, you know, me talking in between a playlist on YouTube and me telling a story, completely fiction. I was going to make fake ads and like, you know, fake, you know, sponsorships. And this, I was going to tell a story of this town, um, this weird little town, Twin Peaksy town. And that was awesome. I think I did. I did one. <laughs> it was a lot of work. It was, it was, it was a lot of work. And at the time I was you know, working full time and, um, in school, go figure. Um, and, uh, but I, I still, it's still there. Like, I'm like, I can always go back to it. You know, no, no one says, well, you know, it's been a couple of years. You can't do that again. I could definitely go back to it at some point if I, when I feel like it, that's okay. No one watched it. You know, it's not like I have people waiting in the, in the wings, you know, but it was still fun. <laughs> There's a lot of learning. Four years. Where's the next episode? I know. (laughs) Like, I don't know. I probably did it all wrong. It was still fun. I'm glad I, you know, glad I did it. No, I like what you said that it was a lot of learning. So what, what did you learn from Mm. it? I learned how to like cut audio from, from a headset. I learned how complicated running a YouTube channel can be. And so that was, those were like big learning curves to do this like kind of fun little project because I just wanted to share music and I wanted to tell a story and I I wanted to share music and I wanted to be enveloped in this kind of like mysterious, you know, fake radio station in a mysterious, weird little town. So I'm curious, I mean, I can relate to this quite a bit because you Mm. get this idea for a project and then you just do it, you just try it. Um, And that's that's kind of how I function as well. So I wonder, Mm -hmm. do you ever have any fears or barriers or, or anything that that holds you back or is it or is it or do you not is it just that do you are you just excited and want to try things there no there's a definite I think that there's a definite anxiety that that goes with it and I think it's most you know am I biting off more than I can chew will it be as extraordinary as I'm envisioning it now sometimes that holds me back sometimes I find that it's more successful when I don't go to the expectation route. If I pretend if like, like this novel I'm working on, for example, I'm not thinking of publication at all at the moment. 
people people suggest like, oh, you should, you can self-publish and da da da. I'm like, no, see, that's not how I operate. It's just like I don't. I'm not considering that. I'm I'm planning ahead as to like who I want to work with when I feel like I have a complete piece that I need assistance with from there, and then I'm going to take it from there. Like I'm not worried about that anything beyond that and i find that it's it it keeps me going and it keeps the project fresh because that's something that is that's a marathon right that's that's long term when i think of other ideas i do that i get excited about and if i don't pursue them it's usually because i start many things that i never finish and that that's something i'm working on in my mid-adulthood it's a it's a balance it's you know it is it is a it's a balance like i was super excited about that radio show idea at the time and i still am and I was excited enough to like purchase a headset, to like learn Audacity, to learn how to upload. I took pictures and made icons and a graphic to go with it. You know, there was so many steps that I just didn't consider at the time. But those are things I can, like I said before, like I can definitely go back to. The fear for me is rarely like, will it be successful? Because it rarely ever gets to the finished point, <laughs> you know, where like it can actually like, you know, present it to the world. It, it actually, you know, to be honest, maybe even like, like I've done like some TikTok videos for fun and big fear for me is going viral. Like I don't want to do that. I don't want to be seen as like, Hey, you're, you're, you know, cat food on the nose guy. Like, I don't want to be known as that. Like <laughs> I don't have a video like that, but do you know what I'm saying? Do you have any advice for someone who wants to start writing or, or start a creative project? What, what would mm. your advice be? Absolutely. I, th- I find the best advice that I always turn to is what is it that I want to read or, or what is it that I want to experience that I'm not experiencing at the moment. And I feel like I've approached any project that I've enjoyed or felt successful with is like with the idea of like, what is it that I'm interested in at the moment? What is it that I want to read? What is it? Where is it that I want to go? You know, what, what ground do I want to step on? What do I want to smell right now? What do I want? What do I want someone to say to me right now? What do I want to say to somebody right now? You know, and it's always those moments that kind of push it. And then, um, and then I, I usually, I open up like a, a Google doc file and I just, I just see, I see where it goes. I see where it takes me. Sometimes I just put down a sentence or a word and sometimes I get more than that. Um, and those are all great. Those are fine. Those are things you can come back to. Those are things that, you know, you can, you know, mull over or consider. Um, Mm -hmm. but I really feel like it's that, it's that impetus. I feel like is, is, is a very natural impetus. No, I like that advice because it's, it, I think it can help you remain true to yourself and true to your voice Mm -hmm. as opposed to trying to, um, mimic somebody else or compete with somebody else. And I don't mean compete, compete, but, you know, hold yourself up against somebody else's, absolutely, you you know, create expectations. But, but if it's just something that you want to hear in the moment Mm -hmm. and you don't see it out there, then that, that could really bring out your voice. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree. Especially if you have friends who also do artwork, art and writing, and that's something that you do too. And then you see like their successes or their um, advances and you're like, oh, well, maybe I should be doing something more like that. You know, you can probably come up with some interesting stuff, but I know that whenever I've done that, I've looked back on that work and been like, hmm, I can see and feel where I was being inauthentic. You know, this wasn't coming from a place of what I was interested in. This was coming from a place of what can help me get attention. 
equal to no, so the true. folks I was kind of maybe, you know, I, I love the success of my friends and I, and I push for that and I, I celebrate them full heartedly. And, um, I, but I would also be lying if it wasn't like some degree of like, man, hopefully my day will come in, you know, like hopefully that'll happen too. And th- that, that'll come down the line too. You know, I think there's definitely some of that. I don't think that, I don't think that demeans any other feeling that I have for my undying celebration of, of folks's uh, successes. I know what you mean where you think where, where you're trying, you're trying so hard and you're working hard and then you see someone else who's, I mean, and however you define success, but you see somebody else who's, mm. you know, sort of making it. And then you think, well, maybe if I were just a little bit more like them, or if I were doing something a little bit more similar to what they're doing. But mm-hmm. as you said, that's not, that's not the case that just breeds in on inauthenticity. And, and yes, you don't, you don't want to make it not being your true self. You don't want to make it. Absolutely. It's funny because I've been thinking about this a lot. So in the novel I'm writing, I brought in a character, a character who had been there, but I started to build out that character as the sounding board off of something like that. Like someone who starts in the same place, who um, goes off and becomes somebody that the main character would have liked to have become and just didn't for whatever reason, luck, oh, that's interesting. you know, whatever. And so I, I'm like, I really wanted to bring in a character like that to see, to kind of investigate my thoughts on that. Do you want to tell us what your novel is about? Yeah, I would love to. <laughs> As with many folks writing novels, it's a lot of things. Um, so I'd say it's like, it's a, it's a fictionalization of like my experiences having moved back from California to uh, Massachusetts um, and uh, landing in my parents' house to start. And so it kind of follows that train from, you know, arriving, arriving there to having to leave in a very, in a, in a much shorter period of time than was anticipated. Um, meanwhile, there, like, there are siblings involved who are also at a crossroads in their adulthood lives. Um, <clears throat> and so what happens is that the parents decide to separate and sell the house, their childhood home. And they were maybe all the all the adult children were like at one point considering moving back in to get, you know, to reground themselves. But then that turns out to not be a possibility. Um, And there's also another element of um, a kind of more. What's the word? A speculative fiction element incorporated in there, which I'm still working. I'm still working out how how that all fits in but to me that was like an intriguing idea to throw into the mix you know um it's been a lot of fun it's been a super challenge yeah can we expect some high drama i hope so you know what's funny it's like i because this is coming from a very like almost real life place i have to really kick in the drama like i have like i have to remember like no we need to amp this up like like, but I'm still like, I'm still like plotting. I'm still like laying down the stakes of the infrastructure, you know? But I, I notice I'm like, no, I'm like, no, this is, yes. We got to blow in some extreme, there needs to be a fight. <laughs> there needs to be, you know, there needs, to, I'm hoping that's what, you know, I'm hoping, I'm hoping for that. You know, like a bouncy house, 
you know, you have to unfurl it. You have to roll it out. And so you have to know where it's going to go. And there's bumps and wrinkles everywhere. And then you and then you start to fill it with air. I haven't gotten to the filling it with air part yet. I'm going to do that'll be draft four. And then after you fill it with air, you put on your Barbie stilettos and just stomp around in there. (laughs) Stomp all over it until it flattens the F out. Exactly. (laughs) Those silver, man, those silver, those silver shoes were just so spectacular. I'll never forget them. They had like glitter in them. I'm like, God, these are amazing. I I remember those. (laughs) (laughs) Probably. They were so rad. Well, is there anything you would like to share with us right now? Would you like to read something? I feel like, you know, this might be a good, as we was talking about earlier about judging people and, you know, wanting to get a point across without hammering it in too, too far or too, to the point where you're like demeaning or making fun of somebody. I feel like this might be a good example of that because it's still a work in progress. Mm-hmm. I just wrote it yesterday and I've been tinkering with it and kind of cutting things and recognizing where maybe it goes too far. It's called, so what I really love is the title. <laughs> it's called, I hate myself for being here. For five minutes, Sandcastle is my favorite song. Georgina sings like she was at it all morning. Her voice gasps for the lovelorn words. She looks off camera towards a distant balcony, a tree line, a mountain cliff, where her voice might ricochet best. Her face is diamond shaped, cheekbones cut like a Disney villain, and a tense exhaustion slopes in her jaw down to a knobby chin. Dear boy, she coos, don't hassle me. I'm strong and fragile like a sandcastle. She watches messages spill upwards, then fade. She reads some aloud between verse, bridge, or chorus. Thank you, she insists, her mouth tight over teeth that pushed through gums maybe 10 years ago. You're so brave, reads a comment. Pizza emojis, read another. Voice of an angel, get some help. Behind her is a darkened hall, the palette of summer ice cream, doors, a soft vanilla, walls of strawberry milkshake. She pats her scalp. I expect her to crack and break into dust, but she tucks stray hairs into her braided headband. This next song is special to me, she whispers. Georgina pushes out a dance tune in a style that would benefit a murder mystery episode's play out. The comments read like scrolling cast and crew, but instead of roles or responsibilities, it's their opinion on the episode. Is there a report button for this? You're so beautiful. Eat a sandwich. Zombie emojis. Her eyes scan the credits as she sings of her feelings, her heart, those she had, those she felt. I believe in Jesus, she stops, and his healing light. Her swallowing hits wet and hard and dry, a sound like unearthing a stone from a bog. I have felt his grace. Georgina's past in a thumbprint grid are variations on a theme. Bird of prey, eyebrows bend with her confessions. Her mouth is open, releasing the ribbons of her song. Scrolling deeper into the past, she slowly fills out. The diamond shifts to a teardrop and then a pearl. She's a doll in her dresses, a keepsake to display in a hutch, an email that warns you it's time to change your password. There are mean beads of sweat on her temple. She's tired. Viewers climb and dip and dip and climb. There must be someone to tell, to summon, to report, 
a parent, an ambulance, a moderator? What are you? You're an inspiration. She pokes at her profile handle. Her finger is a prop from Hansel and Gretel. The link in her bio directs to a music purchasing site to buy Sandcastle, her debut single. She lifts and waves her tentpole arms. The lemon fabric of her, sh- of her shirt collapses closer to the center of the earth. So that's wow. that. That's <laughs> pretty intense. I, yeah. And it's fascinating that that, you know, that we were just talking about social media and, and it's, it's mm. pitfalls. And but that's been on my mind. Uh, lately, and I felt like at that moment, what the the inspiration where that came from, I felt like I, I, I told my sister, I'm like, I, I really feel like I, I I reached the pinnacle internet. To me, that was just the culmination of like what the internet is today. It was a yeah, it was it, it stuck with me for 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 quite a while, uh, enough to like you know yeah. try to try to write this out. And like, who knows? I might look at this a year from now and be like, oh god, this is like not. It was good for the moment, you know, certainly, but maybe maybe that maybe it just stays there i don't know i don't know yet it's too fresh right sometimes that is what it is and it's i mean you're you're writing because you are trying to feel right so Mm. i think else i mean trying to make trying to explain yeah trying to explain that feeling in in the best way possible there's the easy route i think that you know the draft the first draft there was a lot of easy routes in there you know that i wanted to take out that i cut that i switched around and moved i wanted to make sure i was hitting the right t- hitting the right note because it, it's to me the piece straddles a line and it maybe is a line that i've i crossed that i might want to get back over so and that's only gonna that's gonna take some distance to, in order to figure out like how far of a line i crossed it's it's still it's a work in progress so David, where can people find you if they want to see what you're up to and follow your journey into the hopefully publication of your novel? I think Twitter. I use uh, Sarunikai as my handle, S-A-R-U-N-I-K-A-I. Well, thank you so much. This has been wonderful. Yeah, thank you for having me. This was such a joy to, to talk about writing. Here are some creative lessons from today's conversation. Number one. What do you want your world to be like? You have the power to create it, but beware of where that message is coming from and how you want to present it to others. Number two, some ideas won't stick, but don't worry. The ones that you're meant to explore will always be there. Number three, sometimes you might just write down one word. Number four, think about the project, not the expectation. Number five, some work might be good just for the moment, and that's okay. Number six, storytelling is playing, so find your fun and take the steps to blow up that bounce house. And I'll leave you with this. It's okay to not want to be the cat food on the nose guy.